0: We'll hear argument next, number ninety-five fifteen ninety-four, Barbara De Bono versus nysa Medical and Clinical Services. Ms. Smith?
1: Mr. Chief Justice, may it please the Court. State laws of general applicability relate to ERISA plans only when they both operate upon a plan in its capacity as a plan, and when the effect of that law is to dictate or restrict and not merely influence plan choice. The health facility assessment, a gross receipts tax imposed upon hospitals in New York, does not relate to ERISA plans which operate their own hospitals because neither of these elements is present. The impact of the HFA upon plans is no more than that of the laws that were upheld by this Court in the Blue Cross versus Travelers case and the Court's recent opinion in California versus Dillingham. Like those laws, the HFA does not dictate or restrict plan choice. Like the surcharges in travelers, the HFA may have an economic impact upon a plan's cost of providing benefits. This impact may occur regardless of whether plans own their own hospitals or purchase hospital care services from third parties. In either case, the economic impact of the law is not enough to make the law relate to plans. Notwithstanding the fund's ownership of the hospital in this case, the HSA also does not relate to the plan because it operates upon the fund not in its capacity as a plan but as a provider of medical services. The HFA is part and parcel of the state's regulation of hospitals, and the provision of medical services is not a plan function which ERISA Preemption was designed to protect. When plans choose to provide the types of benefits which are not strictly financial but which involve services, those services remain subject to generally applicable state regulation, whether plans purchase those services from third parties or choose to provide those services in kind. The operation of a hospital, like the operation of the daycare center, the practice of law and an employees' training programs, are not planned functions. Witness Smith, do you agree with the outline offered by the Solicitor General as sort of a summary of this court's holdings in this area? Yes, Would you so adopt I- the same outline yourself without variation. Your Honor, the outline of this, what this Court has decided... Well, is they, the they construct a kind of four-part yes. simple test. Do you agree with that? Yes, Your Honor. Um, where, where we differ from the solicitor is not necessarily an outcome, but somewhat an analysis. In this case, the respondents, who would agree that many generally applicable laws would not relate to them, even if they were imposed directly upon them, the respondents claim that this case is different because when you operate your own hospital, You're acting as a provider of medical services, which they say is what an ERISA plan is meant to do. And do you agree that all general health laws that would affect clinic uh, operations are validly applied to an ERISA health plan? Standards of of, uh, degrees required for people engaged in the health care business and so forth. Absolutely, Your Honor. When the state is regulating generally in the health care area, those are areas of traditional state concern. If ERISA plans choose to operate in those areas, they take basically the marketplace as the state is regulating the marketplace of those areas. And I suppose there might be some disagreement by respondents on that issue. The The respondents' argument is that at least in the health care area, but, but I think that their theory is equally applicable to those other four benefit areas that involve services, daycare, prepaid legal services, and apprenticeship training, that when plans operate in those areas, the states may not regulate them. At least they may not tax them, I believe is the respondent's argument. Um, our disagreement is that in those areas, those services remain subject to state regulation. One looks at the plan. Or do you think the same principles should govern whether a general tax law or a general state requirement for uh, background training or cleanliness concerns or something of that kind? In these the same th- principles govern the answer to both? In these service areas, in these service areas, yes. So a generally applicable health care tax, a generally applicable daycare tax, or in these four service areas, whether if you can regulate in those areas in a generally applicable way, you can tax in those areas in a generally applicable way.
2: Ms. Smith, I don't understand what you think the uh, effect of the very broad language relates to is. What does it, uh, what is, what does it bring to this uh, uh, enterprise that we're engaging in uh, <laughs> That, that wouldn't be uh, uh, affected by our, our ordinary preemption uh, principles.
1: Justice Scalia, the way that the Court has formulated the an, uh, preemption analysis to date, there are two prongs. There's the refer-to prong as the Court refers to it and the connection prong. Um, what the relates-to analysis does um, to date is that um, if you had general preemption provisions, conflict or field preemption provisions, a state law which referred to a RISA plan, which kept them out of those fields, would not be preempted. But to date, the, this court has held that a state law which specifically refers to a RISA plans, even if it gives a RISA plan's uh, better protection, for instance, in the Mackey case, the part of the law that Required uh, the state garnishment law not to apply to ERISA plans this court held was preempted. So,
2: that's, but that's normal field preemption, isn't it? That you, cannot ne- you can neither reduce nor increase the protection that the federal government gives. That's, that's what normal field preemption would produce.
1: My understanding of field preemption, Your Honor, is that a state law that specifically um, kept whatever was being regulated out of the field would not be preempted.
2: I don't know what you mean, that that kept whatever was being regulated out of the field?
1: Right. For instance, if, if it was a question of nuclear safety and the law said something about state whatever, and you can't be in the nuclear safety area, that that would not be preempted. That is my understanding of field preemption. But in this case, when the state garnishment law, says ERISA plans are not subject to the garnishment law. This Court has held that because it's specifically referred to and applied only to ERISA plans was not preempted. It was preempted, sorry.
3: In any event, do I understand that when you, you said you agreed with the government's outline as a summary of what this Court has held, that however you might wish Justice Scalia's concurring opinion in the Dillingham case to be speaking for the majority,
1: the majority has not yet Vote that way. That's correct, Your Honor. We do agree with the government's outline. Um, but how would this ca- case come out, do you think, under Justice Scalia's field preemption no, uh, theory? Your Honor, we are asking the courts basically um, in making this distinction between services and plans. Well, I I think the question I asked you was how would the case come out if you were to apply normal field preemption principles to it? It would come out that that this law does not relate to plans because the service area is outside the field of employee benefit plans. That while employee benefit plans are concerned with the funding and payment of benefits, that the services which those benefit payments may fund the quantity of the services, the quality of the services, the availability of the services are not an area with which ERISA is concerned with.
4: But does it work to distinguish between the, that which is doing the providing, namely the plan, and that which the plan buys, like the services? I mean, that distinction seems to run throughout the cases, but for the area of pensions itself, where the fund is basically writing a check, so it's quite closely tied up with the fund. But in the benefits area, they're buying something So so is it the case, how does that distinction work between the plan itself, this is another case in which other cases have tried to make the same distinction, the governments tended to resist it, I think, and and that which the plan buys, when you get to that which the plan buys, there's no field preemption, rather you look bit by bit to see if that which the plan buys, and the state's regulating that, conflicts specifically with the purpose of Congress.
1: Um, That distinction works very well, Your Honor. In this case... The respondents are claiming that they're not buying anything. No, no, but that just
4: happens to be because they went in and supplied it right. themselves. That's just but, a, uh, an that artifact.
1: Basically, that is the distinction that we are asking the court to draw. Most ERISA benefits are strictly financial. It's money in the contingency upon. Pension benefits, money in the contingency of retirement, death benefits, and the contingency of debt. There are only four ERISA benefits that actually involves services, in other words, services that plans may buy, and that would be daycare, apprenticeship training, prepaid legal services, and health care. I mean,
4: you've really looked into this a lot, and so what I'm quite curious is if, 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 if there were some words in an opinion that said when you look into that area, which, when you look into those things which the plan buys, as opposed to the management of a trust, when you look into that area, normally there is no preemption, unless the state law conflicts with a purpose of Congress, and a rather specific purpose at that. Now, would that cause trouble?
1: No, Your Honor, not in our view.
4: Not in this case it wouldn't, but I mean in your experience in general, would it cause trouble?
1: No, Your Honor, not in our view. Because in general, again, we're dealing with a very limited area of ERISA benefits that actually involve something that the plan purchases as opposed to money that the plan is is giving. And when ERISA plans are operating as ordinary commercial entities, they may well purchase services. They may purchase purchase, fiduciary services. They may purchase stationery. They may purchase whatever. And clearly, we don't think that anyone would contest that when they're operating in those commercial capacities, purchasing those entities, that ERISA preemption would apply.
3: Whether you, but you don't want to draw a line in the difference between um, bu- buying a service, because I think uh, this is a case where the plan itself is, is providing it. So I think in your brief you tried to look at the other side of it and say, when you're talking about plan funding, plan administration, that's what uh, ERISA covers.
1: That's that's correct, Your Honor, but you could also look at this. When an ERISA plan provides services in kind, they're simply purchasing them in a different way. Instead of purchasing them from a third party, they are directly purchasing them from the doctors and, and what... But it would, have, it would have a direct financial effect. If, if, there, if the ERISA plan buys clinic services elsewhere in New York, then this tax is going to be paid by the entity that actually provides the service. And so it may, in fact, cost ERISA something less, because it's not paying the tax. Your but Honor, if it were to provide the services itself, then the ERISA plan is certainly liable for the full tax. So it may end up costing ERISA less. The contract down. Your Honor, in this case, the incidence of the tax is not on the ERISA plan, but on the hospital which, although it's not critical to my argument, is a separately incorporated corporation, the hospital can, like any other entity, determine how it's going to fund the tax. can pass it on to its customers, in this case the ERISA plan participants, in higher copays. In this particular case, it could decide to pass it on to its other customers, the other plans that, that have services there, or the workers' comp carriers, or the fund could could pay it. It's really no different than if it's Mount Sinai that's paying the tax. In this case, it's not the fund that's paying the tax or that has the incidence of the tax. It's the medical centers themselves.
4: Right. Where I run into, you know, with my own thought there is I, where I run into a problem then, I, I mean, I can easily say let's distinguish what's normally bought, even though in your case it happens to be provided, from the running of the fund. And let's say in the former situation, and grouping your case with the former, uh, normally, there is no preemption unless you find a specific conflict. Then I run into these uh, sort of the, the benefit cases uh, where uh, the, the fund was buying certain medical benefits, really, and the court said, no, it's preempted where you have the pregnancy, you, you know, the, the certain rules on what you can buy and not buy, which were really regulations of what was bought uh, rather than regulations of the fund. So how do you work with those cases?
1: Your Honor, in those cases, um, you're impacting upon what the fund is paying what services, as opposed to the services themselves. So for instance, the State of New York can regulate um, surgery, and it could say there's too much surgery in the State of New York, no one can have surgery unless there's a second opinion. What What the state can say is, and anyone who pays for the surgery must also pay for the second opinion. Because you're dealing with coverage issues. What is a plan paying for, as opposed to what services are available in the marketplace? If there are no further questions, Your Honor, I will reserve the rest of my time.
0: Very well, Ms. Smith. Uh, Mr. Needler, we'll hear from you.
5: Justice, and may it please the Court. The Health uh, Facilities Assessment Tax at issue in this case, as applied to the hospitals owned by the plan, is not superseded by ERISA under ERISA's express preemption provision. The assessment law is a law of general applicability that operates in the field of health care, the field that this Court identified in Travelers as one of traditional state regulations. The legal incidence of the tax, and in tax law legal incidence is often very important, is on hospitals. The impact on the plan is only incidental in its capacity as the owner of the hospital. It is not on the plan in its capacity as such. The assessment law, therefore, does not relate to the ERISA plan at issue in this case because it does not intrude into the field of regulation of ERISA welfare plans, which Section 514A preserves for exclusive Federal regulation. The purpose of Section 514A. Mr.
1: Needler, yes. how, how do you think uh, the so-called field preemption notice, uh, the field preemption doctrine, would play out in these ERISA cases?
5: I, I think. And with how the, would it
1: apply here?
5: In, in this case, the field preemption analysis uh, would, would certainly lead to sustaining the state tax, because the state tax operates, again, on, in, the, in the area of health care. It operates with respect to a facility owned by the plan. It does not operate in the field of ERISA plans as such, um, and therefore we think it would not be pre- preempted. We,
1: Do you think that uh, principle would explain most or all of our previous cases?
5: It would explain most. It would not explain all. I, I, I agree with counsel for the state that it would not in, in particular explain uh, the Mackey case, or, or not, not as as readily. Uh, the the
1: portion,
5: the, the, the portion of the Mackey case that, that held that an express Turn. exemption, Turn. Turn. Yeah. express exemption from state garnishment laws for uh, ERISA plans was preempted. Ordinarily, in the when you have field preemption, if the state enacts a law to get state law out of the way. To secure the field for federal occupation, that would ordinarily not be, uh, something that would be preempted by field, uh, preemption. Having said that, uh, with all respect, th- there is a bit of an anomaly about having, uh, a- a- an express exception, uh, for ERISA plans in a, in a case like Mackey preempted, where the-, where the state is trying to clear the way for exclusive federal uh, regulation and get out of the way. Something that is beneficial to a plan, not something that just regulates it in a more beneficial way, but t- removes state law from the setting altogether, would not normally be a problem with field preemption.
2: Mr. Needler, there, there, is, is it not fair to say that there is uh, also some inconsistency in our expression of the rule we were applying in the earlier cases? as compared with the expression that we've used in the, in the last few.
5: I, I, yes, I, th- I think the court's more recent cases have, have tended to focus on, on, the, on the objectives of, the, of, of ERISA, and, and that can, that can be uh, tied, we think, rather directly as a textual matter uh, to, to, the, to the field preemption argument. The what pre- is the
4: field preemption? That is to say, I've never fully understood this. If a state passes a law... And it was the purpose of Congress in a federal statute that the state not pass this kind of law. And it's preempted. Right. Is that called conflict preemption or field preemption? Uh... In the instance where there is no direct conflict, I mean, isn't both instances a question of looking to the purpose of Congress and seeing if this is the kind of law?
5: Right. Now, in 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 this case... That's right,
4: then. If you use the word field preemption, what will it do in general? How should it be used?
5: Well, for example, it's very important under ERISA because the Court has said on a number of occasions, and we agree with this, that ERISA preempts state laws in some circumstances, even where ERISA itself does not furnish uh, governing law, in particular in the the design of, of ERISA plans themselves, what benefits to offer, who they will be paid for, uh, paid to, uh, what, what, the, what the amount of them will be. Even though ERISA does not dictate particular benefit levels, its purpose was to leave that to employers and employees to negotiate, to come up, to leave to private ordering. And so state law that, that would regulate the benefit structure, even though it doesn't conflict with any particular provision of ERISA addressing that, would conflict with Congress's purpose to insulate that. From from state regulation. Broad
2: sense, Mr. Needler, I suppose any preemption involves a conflict. That's I mean, that's any preemption is conflict preemption.
5: In, in that sense, and no, under but, un, under this, and particularly where you have an express preemption clause, anything that that conflicts with the express preemption. clause. And I
2: thought that in our cases, what conflict preemption meant was where where an inconsistent obligation is placed upon the regulated party. The federal government tells you to do X and the state tells you to do not X, Right. that is a conflict. Right,
5: or, or, no. or, or perhaps including the category where, it would stand, where the state law would stand as an obstacle to, right. obstacle to the full accomplishment of the federal purpose, yeah. where, which affecting benefit structure would, we think...
2: Uh, Whereas I thought we've, we've said field preemption would, would, would apply where uh, the, state, the federal law tells you to do X, and the state law says do X plus 10 which would, you're doing X, but you're doing more than right. X. But if the government wanted this thing to be complete and we're, we're occupying the field, you're not supposed to address this area at all, X plus 10 would, would be preempted.
5: That's, that's correct. And so the, the sorts of things that are occupied by the field, some of them are addressed by ERISA itself, but things having to do with the internal management of the plan, benefit structures, investment decisions, uh, fiduciary responsibilities, things having to do with the way the administrator handles the plan. And and with respect to those things, we think the things that the states can't regulate, it ordinarily can't tax. The things that the state can regulate, the state ordinarily can tax. And it, it's instructive that uh, uh, subsection B5, B small i, which was part of a special provision adopted for the Hawaii health care plan, specifically says that the exemption for that does not affect state tax laws as they may relate to ERISA plans. And the background and structure of that shows, we think, that Congress intended that state tax laws be treated generally as uh, the same way that regulation is, and after all tax is a species of regulation. Well how
1: would field preemption play out in the context of direct state regulations uh, going to the educational background of employees in the clinic and and cleanliness as, requirements and so forth.
5: As as to that, uh, uh, um, they would not be <coughs> excuse me, not be preempted because they do not address the the internal uh, affairs of an ERISA plan as such, and its capacity as a plan with respect to funding and financing and what services will be paid for. Such a state law uh, regulates the services that are in turn either purchased or furnished in kind uh, by by the ERISA plan. So under that view of field preemption, what the the field the state is is in is substantive health care regulation, licensing of the facility and, and whatnot. Um, And in in general, the the, the distinction that Justice Breyer made, we we would agree with, and it was essentially our position in in Travelers as well, that where the ERISA plan steps out of its internal management of of plan structure and purchases something in the market, either pencils for the office or services in kind, uh, state substantive regulation or or taxation of a a sales tax for purchasing something wouldn't be preempted.
3: What else besides sales tax? What taxes... Uh, doesn't a risk of plan have to bear?
5: We think it would have to pay, for example, unemployment compensation taxes that, that, uh, for, for its employees. Uh, we think, on the other hand, if the state tried to tax the income to the plan itself, the, 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 which is a species of, perhaps, of regulating the corpus of the trust funds, if there's a separate trust fund. If the state regulate, tries to regulate the corpus of the trust by regulating investment decisions, we think that's at the core of what ERISA would not allow. We, uh, therefore, there, it may well be that the state could not tax the corpus of the trust itself. But where the state is leaving, or the, the trust, the, the plan is leaving its in, internal operations and going out into the, into the marketplace by hiring employees, or purchasing goods and services, including services in kind that are paid for by the ERISA plans. Well what if
0: the state, the state what if the state taxes numerous other trust corpuses that have nothing to do with ERISA plans as well?
5: That that would it's it's that point we think that may make that a closer question, and we would urge the court not to decide that question in this case. Well, what so, worried that about that. Pre, would that be
2: conflict would that be field preemption or conflict preemption? Would 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 you if you feel it couldn't be taxed, wouldn't that be because you think that there is an indication in the legislation that Congress did not want it taxed?
5: Right. Congress intended to preserve the assets in the fund for, for, the, for the benefit of the employees. But, but, but we think that that could also be a species of field preemption, because the state could not directly regulate investment decisions by, by holding fiduciaries to different standards or requiring diverse, diversification requirements in the portfolio. That's,
4: why, that's exactly why I'm nervous about the words field preemption. Because in trying to work out what the field is, you have to make roughly the same analysis that you'd have to make on purpose. Do you have a use of the word field? I mean, we're, if we were to use the word field preemption, how would you use it?
5: I, I would, I, would um, I think, refer to whether, whether the state law is addressing the ERISA plan as an ERISA plan and its capacity as an ERISA plan, not when it is purchasing goods and services outside of the, of the plan's operations.
0: Thank you, Mr.
5: Chairman.
0: Thank you, Mr. Caruso. We'll hear from you,
6: Uh, Mr. Chief Justice and may it please the court, we are dealing here with a state tax on the corpus of the fund. What's being taxed are the contributions that are being paid to the fund by the employers required under the collective bargaining agreements to make those contributions, and benefit payments being made for the benefits that the ERISA fund is paying. So this case involves a tax. And there's a clear indication in the legislation itself and in the legislative history of ERISA that Congress intended tax, state tax laws to enjoy no charmed existence. They were to be treated like any other law, any other state law that relates to a plan. That, was a, that is the language of the statute. And when the fund is being required, to pay a state assessment on the very activities that makes the fund a fund, the very health care benefits that the fund is paying out, the contributions that the employers are paying for those benefits, I, I submit to you that it 's self evident that the tax in this case relates to the fund
3: why not the sales tax on items that the fund uses uh, to operate.
6: I think in that case, the fund is actually acting not as a fund, but as a purchaser. What, we, what we're saying there is we, we would tend to agree that if you use the, the concept that was, that was first developed, I believe, in the Shaw case, the tenuous remote and peripheral concept, that when the plan is acting in a capacity that any other private entity would, 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 it, would uh, uh, be involved in, then the plan is to be treated like any other private well, when entity. the
3: plan is operating a hospital, why shouldn't it be treated like any other hospital? Because a plan does
6: provide benefits. If you look at the definition of ERISA, ERISA say, says that any plan or program to provide health benefits through insurance or otherwise... And, the, and the ERISA what definition, about other
3: benefits that a plan might provide, like legal services? Do you say the same thing about that?
6: Well, if the plan is providing the legal services and there's being a tax imposed on the contributions that the plan is is providing to the, uh, to the uh, attorneys who are providing the services, I would say, yes, that that tax would be preempted because that tax is being imposed on the very activities that make the plan a plan.
1: Well, what about a state requirement that anyone giving legal services has to be a licensed attorney? I mean, that affects the cost. That's going to cost the plan more if it's legal benefits. So you'd be back here arguing that, I
6: suppose. Obviously, that's not the case that we have here today. But we're not looking at it from a cost standpoint, Justice O'Connor. What we're saying is, look at the activity. (laughs) What we're saying is, if you're buying pencils... You're a purchaser; you can impose the sales tax. If you're engaging in uh, employing individuals as part of your operations of the clinic, and there are employment taxes to be paid, well, you're an employer; you're not a plan. But when you're providing benefits, and it's the contributions for those benefits that the state is taxing, we say there. There, you are taxing the plan as a plan. Oh, but my
1: question related not to the tax, but to the sure knowledge that the state law requirement that legal advice be given by licensed attorneys will cost more. It's going to cost the ERISA plan, the fund, more money.
6: We would say, and the probabilities are in that situation, if you looked at the structure and objectives of ERISA, that there probably was not an indication of congressional intent as there was in the Travelers case, that Congress intended ERISA to preempt that type of regulation. But in this case, we have explicit language in the statute that says state tax laws. They don't have a charmed existence. We want them treated like anything else. Well, that refers
0: to the Hawaii exception, doesn't it? I'm sorry, Justice. Doesn't that reference to state tax laws refer to the specific provisions for the Hawaiian plans?
6: I think it refers to the Hawaiian plan, but what it says is it kind of mirrors the language of the preemption clause and says state tax laws that relate to plans shall not, uh, shall be shall be preempted, in essence. I'm I'm paraphrasing. And I think the concern there was that the Hawaii, uh, the dispensation for the Hawaii plan might have created some indication, since there were certain tax aspects of the Hawaii plan, that, uh, in fact, Hawaii and some prior... Litigation involving a prototype of its plan had taken the position that the the um, the state uh, enactment there was a tax, and therefore there was some Tenth Amendment protection. There's some indication then that Congress was specifically concerned about the approach being taken by Hawaii in this prior litigation and saw the need to point out, as it did in 1974, or when it rejected the executive branch's request that state tax laws be exempted from the preemption provision, that they should not have any charmed existence, M- Mr. That they should be treated like any other law.
0: May I ask you a different question? Am, am I right that your argument assumes the definition of provide, as that word occurs in ERISA? And, and I, if, I, I think you're, you're assuming that provide means provide in any way or by any means. Whereas I would have thought that provide means, in order to have general application, uh, I would have thought that provide meant provide the means or the funds for the purchase or obtaining of these various kinds of benefits. And, and if, it, if provide is defined in the latter way, then I take it that would be the end of your argument. But perhaps I don't understand but I, I
6: disagree with your definition, because I think the, the term otherwise is being used. Otherwise, it's a very broad meaning. Okay, but if the definition
0: were as I've suggested, then, then your argument would, would, would fail, I take it.
6: Well, then I take it you would be saying that, that the tax is being
0: imposed not on the plan, but on a hospital. What it crudely provide means to finance. Uh, if that is what provide means in ERISA, then, then your argument would not, uh, would not get you to victory in this case. Of
6: my, I don't feel that I can, I can concede that point because I think what Congress was saying is that they have structured, uh, a system of national tax exemption. It's very clear. ERISA plans are not subject to taxation under the federal system and I think what was intended by by the legislative history, was, there was an indication by Congress that we're going to well, no, not but on, allow the theory, tax. If,
0: if we're going to If we're going to, treat provision, pro, going to treat the word provide as, in effect, synonymous with financing, then it would follow that the taxation here is not on the ERISA plan as the financing authority, but rather on the ERISA plan wearing a different hat in operating a hospital, and if that's the way we analyze it, then then I take it your your argument would 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 fail
6: i mean that's one way to look at it, but I, my, the way I look at it is if if, if Congress said that a state law that rela- a state tax law that relates to a plan is preempted and the plan is the party that's paying that tax on the activities uh, that make it a plan, then I would submit that uh, if this type of law is not preempted. I don't know what other type of tax. So law in other law words, you if
4: preempted. you have a travel bureau, if they decide, in the, if the ERISA plan decides to set up its own travel agent to arrange for, employees, for employee vacations, and there's a uniform tax in the state on travel agents, it
6: doesn't have to pay. That we, would, we would take the position that that's a, that doesn't involve the activities of the plan as
4: planned. Well, why, why, why if, so if they have to pay that, they set up a travel bureau to arrange for employee vacations why do they have to why well, how do they get out of paying uh, uh when they set up a hospital to provide the employee uh employee uh, uh medical
6: treatment in both cases, it's something that a plan normally buys. Right, but from it's not. Is it, is it in this particular instance, it provides it, it itself. It isn't buying it here. I mean, there, there seems to be this understanding on the part of It isn't buying it with the travel agent either. It's their own travel agent. I know, but when, when, that travel agency may have one point, but in the case of, of a, of a clinic that we operate, this is not like a commercial clinic. We, we don't open this clinic to the public. We're limiting these operations only to our ERISA covered participants, Mr. Caruso? It says through insurance or otherwise.
2: Suppose your your plan uh, decided to provide its uh, its health benefits through insurance, and instead of uh, buying insurance from anybody, uh, ran its own insurance company. Would 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 state the insurance laws uh, uh, not apply?
6: Well, we're getting into the other area where we get into the well, play exactly of the off, and the, through, and the DEMA insurance clause. or otherwise. You're doing it otherwise,
2: right. and you say since we're doing it otherwise, the state laws that regulate the otherwise don't apply. Suppose you
6: did it through insurance, would the state laws governing insurance apply? You you were, you became your own insurance company. I would say no, because there's a there's the DEMA clause in the RISA itself, which says that it, that co- that a state may not consider an a an ERISA plan an insurance company for purposes of insurance regulation. So this, this, this issue here where well, but the, 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 you that, need it. That,
0: that really means where the, well, you haven't set up an insurance company, the Deemer Clause. It's
6: where you're, there is insurance regulation that the state is trying to apply to the fund as an insurer, taking the position, well, this is really uh, insurance regulation, and I think Congress has specifically said in that situation, when you're the direct provider of insurance, in essence, right. you've got a different status. You wouldn't I have have to say the way out and purchasing it. Why yes. was the Demers Clause put in the statute if, as you tell us,
2: it, it is clear from the general preemption provision that if you're providing insurance directly, you can't be regulated, just as if you're providing otherwise directly, you can't be regulated. I mean, it, 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 it seems to me that they envisioned insurance, but they said elsewhere in the statute the states aren't going to regulate you.
6: Well, in the, insurance area, okay. in the insurance area, they specifically say... No, but what about the otherwise?
2: The otherwise is hospitals. That's, that's the most obvious way. Right. But it doesn't say in a Deemer clause, shall not be deemed to be a hospital.
6: I understand that they didn't do it there because I think Congress didn't, didn't envision that a state was going to be taxing the operations of a plan when the plan was directly providing services of, as a plan. There was no need for it to say that we have to deem it not to be a hospital. Because a plan is a hospital, and I understand that under Justice Suda's uh, definition that if, if provide means only to finance, then I think that pr- pr- perhaps the, the, the result would be different. But I'm, I'm suggesting to you that the word otherwise allows plans to do more than just pay insurance or provide, ins- or provide financing, but rather to actually engage in the provision of, uh, of the services directly.
3: But you do agree that, that the plan-operated plan operated Medical Center, would be subject to regulations, the state uh, qualifications for physicians, for staff people? We're not
6: suggesting otherwise. I mean, again, it's not our case. It hasn't arisen yet. Maybe it's an area that may have to be addressed at some later time to see whether ERISA can be read to indicate that Congress had an intent to restrict regulation in that area. I I can't see it. I I, I don't see it.
3: You... You don't see which. I do
6: not see that anything in ERISA would suggest that the state could not uh, exercise its traditional police powers in regulating health care uh, service. What I say here is, though, but when I look at ERISA, there is a specific provision on taxation. What I'm saying, when the tax is being imposed on the plan, when the plan is engaging in... But if we hospitals. take out
3: your tax reference and say, we read that as discreet to this special Hawaii situation, so... Please concentrate on the statute without that provision. Then, what is your distinction between the... I would hope you wouldn't do that,
6: because I think if you looked in 1974, the executive branch actually went to Congress and said to
3: Congress... Well, I'm, I'm asking you to do that, and now distinguish for me the taxation from the regulation, without the special reference to taxation that you find.
6: Well, I think there's a direct relationship when the fund is being asked to take some of its assets... And provide those assets to the state, to the state's general conference. I don't think ERISA intended that type of state imposition on ERISA plans. I mean, it's, it's just contrary to the whole structure of tax exemptions. Well, it can't that just be
3: that, that it's getting money from the state, from uh, putting it into the state's conference, because you've already said unemployment compensation, sales tax—that's all okay, even though that comes out of the.
6: Conference. I agree with you. What I'm saying, it, it, when it's being imposed on the funds contributions and benefit payments not on its incidental activities in providing the services and i think if if you take the position what 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 i'm particularly concerned about is if, if we're going to slice it that thin that what's to prevent the states from taxing the income of the funds from tax if they're allowed to tax the contributions that's the corpus i mean uh, the line,
4: the line i think that they want to draw the government is to say, distinguish between, in the benefit area, that which does the buying, namely the plan, and that which is bought, namely the benefits. And in the case where you're talking about the latter, by and large, you can't impose uniform taxes. And if it turns out that in a particular instance, the former, namely that which does the buying, itself decides to provide that which is normally bought, it's treated as if it bought it. Now, that's a clear line. It's administrable. It, uh, you take away your horror cases by saying, fine, if they provide a horror tax, that's different. And, and uh, uh, what line would you provide? I mean, you see that... that you took that, that approach, then in essence a you're a
6: saying that if, 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 an, yeah. if an ERISA plan cannot be defined as a direct provider, that's what you're in essence saying, that it it's really becomes the hospital, even though for becoming the hospital is what an ERISA plan is, is supposed well, to do
4: well they don't know always they don't necessarily ERISA plan i take it in many instances buys hospital care from others it doesn't often it does that in occasion
6: and may, in that situation then it would be treated like other buyers so so why th- but if you if you
4: take your position then what you do is you simply get the ERISA plans themselves through a through a real tax advantage to start going into the businesses of providing those things which normally would be bought from others and they'd get a tax break
6: why why would Congress want course, that because Congress has, has done it that way and I think you'll find that if you look at the match, match, Metropolitan Life case that the same type of special status was given to self-insured plans it's yes, your actual answer plans. if you happen
4: to have an ERISA plan that bought paid vacations for its employees and they decide to go into the travel business limited to employees the answer then to the question is their tax exempt. right in your correct yeah, correct.
2: But I, am I correct in understanding you do you would not make the same argument about regulations, such as the requirement
6: of a second opinion of a physician? That's correct. Yeah. you That is correct.
0: There are no further questions. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Caruso. Uh, Ms. Smith, you have five minutes remaining.
1: Your Honor, the HFA is not a tax on benefit contributions. It's a tax on hospital receipts. The characterization is equally applicable to any time a plan purchases services from any hospital. So when Mount Sinai, a private non-planned-owned hospital, receives benefit payments from any other plan, Mount Sinai can claim, we can't pay the HFA because the plan made these payments, it's a contribution and therefore it's a tax on plan contributions. While to the plan that makes the payments, when they're purchasing services, whether it's health care services or daycare services, it may represent a benefit payment to the taxed entity, to the hospital, to the daycare center, it is simply income. Secondly, in these service areas, if you can regulate these entities, you should tax them. You should be able to tax them because ERISA makes no distinction in its preemption provision between regular laws, regulatory laws, and tax laws. With or without the Hawaii prepaid legal services, I mean, sorry, the Hawaii prepaid yeah, health service exemption, state tax laws are treated the same. They are, relate, they are preempted only if they relate to. And the state's argument is in these service areas, You may regulate without regard to ERISA plans, and, therefore, you may tax in these areas without regard to the fact that ERISA plans are purchasing services in these areas. Finally, Your Honor, outside of these service areas, the tax issue is a complicated one, and one which is really not fully addressed in these briefs. For instance, the notion that ERISA plans are carte blanche exempt from federal and state taxation is simply not correct. I would urge you, in this case, not to get into a general tax analysis, and, and the state itself is limiting its argument to the purchase of services and the taxing of services in these, in these areas, which are matters of traditional state concerns. It's not necessary to determine whether the states can tax the corpus of trusts. Those are, present different and perhaps more complicated issues.
0: Thank you, Ms. Smith. The case is submitted.